Hey everybody, welcome back to the Short Free Games Talk podcast. We missed you. <laughs> I'm your host, Chrissy. And I'm Clyde, the co-host. Co-host. Uh, and this is uh, episode five That's right. of our podcast, burr, 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 burr. where we talk about short, free games, although the, I think we should actually take short out. Yeah. Some of these well, were quite long that com- we play. Compared to like... Commercial releases, they're pretty short. Yeah, you're not going to put 100 hours into these games, probably not. I mean, you well, might. you could. Yeah, but you're probably not going to. So, in this episode, or in case you want to play any of these games before you hear us talk about them, uh, we're going to talk about The World Beneath and Dog of Dracula 2, a kinetic novel, uh, Off Peak and Dream.sim. All right. Psyched. So so, Ooh, and we have a new section now. Yeah, where we ask each other questions. We have one question each for each yeah, other. Yeah, but it's going to happen in the middle. We're going to slip it in so you won't know. Why, why did we decide to do that? I don't know. You said it was halftime. No, I mean, why did we decide to ask each other questions? Oh, oh, well, I had, a, I had, a, I had something I wanted to talk about uh, specifically, and it seemed like the podcast was a good place to talk about it, and you are competitive. So you're like, oh, Chris is going to ask me a question, so i got to ask her a question. I don't, I don't know why you decided to join in, honestly. Why? Why Why did I decide to join in? Or Yeah. Um, I don't know. All right. So the first game, <laughs> <laughs> first game we're going to talk about is uh, The World Beneath. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, tell us your history with this game i actually think it's this is the most interesting part to me um i played it on itch.io and really enjoyed it it was browser only uh and i couldn't figure out how to restart so every time i well every time i couldn't get any further couldn't get any further i would have to reload the game which can take a lot of time especially at night in our we don't have internet friendly area uh and so um i started playing it you know probably like once a day for about a week i'd keep on playing it like when i got home from work for about a week and then i'd find myself returning to it every once in a while like maybe once a week or so how long ago was that how long ago did i start playing it Mm -hmm. when you were playing it once a week browser based. i don't know i'm horrible at judging was it this year I don't know. I'm horrible at judging oh, okay. time. Okay, so it was long enough ago that you don't remember. Yeah, and um, and uh, so it kind of became this like one life, almost like a spelunky run, like a okay. the daily challenge. Um, which is actually funny because thematically it's got similarities. Is it? Is it? Uh, what is it called? Rogue like. Well, yeah, it kind of is a roguelike. Yeah, I'd I'd say so. Okay. So, um, I really enjoyed it. I I continued to enjoy it, and um, I uh, sent a Twitter message to the developer asking for a desktop build, so I wouldn't have to reload it every time I wanted to play it, mm-hmm. and so it would be full screen. And uh, uh, they they uh, they managed to do it, which was really exciting, mm. uh, because now I can play it. In full screen, and I don't have to reload it every time, like through the browser. Yeah, I could, I can see that being a huge benefit to this game. I did not realize how much 
I would appreciate full screen. Really? Full screen makes so much of a difference. Like, because I think I think the the game is beautiful. It doesn't have as much visual variety as I would like it to. Mm. But can't even see. Okay, so now is a good time to talk about what happens in this game then, because you can't even see anything in three quarters of this game. It's completely dark. Well, that's that's a huge part of the mechanic, right? So well, not only the mechanic, but like, isn't really necessary because you can't see anything. I beg to differ. Oh, do the first time I played the game. I remember the first time I played, and what happened was, um, you know, well, no, okay, I want to talk about your first time first. Okay. Because my first time was so similar to your first. Well, it was similar in some ways. You're not, you got oh, my, my first, first time and my second time mixed up. Yeah, my first time is similar to your second time. So tell us about your experience of playing the okay. game. Okay. So you start this game and you go into a... I don't even know how you get in there. It's a well. Yeah. And it's all blue like... I mean, it's not a well, but it feels like a well. What would you call this? It's like that fake ice, like uh, like a lot of wreck or Low triangles uh, connected together to make... It's a low polygon mesh. Okay. So you get that, you go in, and you can barely see anything. It's really light. Mm-hmm. Um, and but you it, see like two things of man-sized drainage. Right, right, that you can walk through. And it also has a little chart that tells you how, like negative numbers, which mm-hmm. represents how far underground you are. So you walk through one of the little holes and you're kind of going down some and it reflects that with the numbers and you see this chest of lights. So you pick it up and you have a button that lets you throw a light. Which is also what's typically the jump button in other games. Mm. And (laughs) as you do, a flare comes out of you that you just picked up 10 of and two things happen. And number one, it makes a really interesting sound. Mm -hmm. It's like like a chord or... Mm. Or is it a single note, maybe? Yeah, I think it's a single note. But it's, but like it's a, different it's like a, it's for a, each one that you throw. It kind of changes, so it's not like you have that same note every time you throw it's a, one. It's an it's an ambient kind of chime. It's like... Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And the flare only stays lit for a couple of seconds. Yeah. So my first experience, I got the 10, and I, I don't know anything about this game. I got the 10... And I go into the next room. Ten torches. Ten torches. And I see another nest of torches and I'm walking to it and I fall into a hole into a deep, deep darkness. So I am throwing the torches in order to see like where to go. And I run out of torches and I'm in the middle of nowhere and that's the end of the game. And if I would have had to reload that browser, I would have been like, uh. Oh, is this your second time you're describing? That's the first time. Okay, so it's your second time. So the second time I decided to be a torch hoarder. And this is me still thinking like, oh, maybe we can get out of this well. Maybe the goal of the game is to get out. No, little baby Jessica had a happy ending. Yeah, yeah, I could too. But now I I actually think the goal is to see how deep you can get. I don't think you can actually get out. I think it's always a dead end. So as you go deeper, uh, you will find there are rocks in front of doors that you can't Mm -hmm. actually go through. So my second time I decided... And and sometimes the rocks... Well, there's... there's, uh, Sometimes it's like they're sealed off with rock. It, well, or what I've right, thought of Right, you can tell concrete. there are sealed up door. Yeah, there, there's a sealed up doors. But other times there's just rocks kind of, um, what's the word, when you block something, obscuring mm. the, the entrances. But you can still go through Correct. it. Correct. And these things are so psychological because when you're down there, 
and you see a door and you're trying to get through it and it's blocked, it's horrible because you're stuck. Yeah. You can become stuck. Especially when like when you when with your last torch, mm-hmm. you got a glance of the rim of the entryway. Right, you have about 2 seconds in one direction you can see. And so you you're like, okay, I have a pretty good idea of what direction to go, so you orientate yourself a little bit, go as until you think that you probably hit a wall and then throw a torch which is typical which will be like right up against the wall when you when you're not going anywhere mm. and see that 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 uh entrance that you saw an entryway to is actually sealed up. Oh, it's horrible and yeah. then, and then you're gone. Oh, but but talk about your second So playthrough. my second playthrough I decided I was going to uh get out of there alive. Uh so I decided I wasn't going to a. I was going to look for holes in the floor and not fall through them. Yeah. B. I was going to yeah, stay. Yeah. The in. whole tra- traumatized you. Yeah. And and B. I was going to stay in the level where there was still light, because before you descend to a certain depth, you can still see. Yeah. So I was going to try and stay. And three, I was going to be a torch hoarder. So because I was just throwing torches. Ooh, I can throw torches. I didn't realize like that they're scarce. Yeah. That they are the resource of the game. So you, so I uh, went and tried to stay upper level and collect as many torches as I could, and I think I had about sixty when yep. I started going down, and then I found some more, and I kept going down, and then you get in kind of traps where you like get disorientated mm-hmm. because it doesn't just stay black with the blue walls. Some levels have like this red. Those disorientate you. Totally disorienting. You, you know, because it gives looking you back the at, false expectation that it's light. L- looking back at it, I remember you having that reaction to it, being like, oh, I'm so lost because I'm in the orange room. Yeah. Which was interesting because I typically have, treat those rooms as beacons. They as are like, like bright orange light, but it's so bright you might as well be in the dark. Yeah, yes, but it is an identifiable room that I will not confuse for another. Mm. I do a lot of backtracking when I play. Really? Tell me. Um... Well, let me tell you what my first time was like. Oh, well, one more. Let me just okay. finish. Uh, so so I ended up throwing like 10 torches in that room to get out. And that was horrible. Yeah. And then I kept going down and I fell in a hole. Well, and... you jumped on that one. Oh, I did? Yeah, because yeah, you didn't oh, have any no options. Oh, there was no other way to go. Yeah. Right. You have less and less options the more you go down. And then mm-hmm. I fell into a hole that was a room that had five doors that were all sealed by rocks. And I had 60 torches. So I just through those suckers one at a time and listened to the chimes yep. and, and died a, a uh, sad death with, alone <laughs> in a hole yep. <laughs> with no one to know. So, so the first time I played, um, I didn't realize that the uh, torches were a thing. That um, they were a resource? The... Well, I kind of realized that they were a resource, but I didn't realize that they were valuable. Okay. Uh, and nobody's going to know that in the first playthrough. And so I I was on the top, I think I was on the top level for the entirety of my first game. Really? Yeah. You didn't fall in any holes. I I think I just I think I happened to um get lost. Okay. And uh you know how you can just barely see stuff? Yeah. I saw a slightly different pattern on the ceiling. And I was like, okay, I want to know what that is. And by this time, of course, I had seen that the torches light. They're they're like glowing tennis balls. So I I throw one just to see the ceiling, and it makes this chime. And you know, there's these there's ambient tones throughout the game. You don't have to throw it in order to get 
any ambient tone, but these are far more prominent, the ones that you get when you throw the torches. Mm -hmm. And so I threw a torch in order to um, see what the ceiling looked like. And I'd spent so much time in the darkness because I was just not using the torches that the sudden appearance of a colored, beautiful colored texture um, in the three-dimensional mesh. Oh, yeah, the lights make a texture. Uh, and hearing that tone at the same time, it was just like... You were like, I'm going to throw all my torches. That's exactly what happened. Yep. I, I was there and I was like, that was more more of this, please. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just sat there and it would be like, bong, 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 bong. You know, it was like I, I started really getting into the rhythm of throwing the torches and just had this awesome light show. You trick and, yourself into thinking it's a music game. Well, it is. And and so then um and then uh, I felt uh and then I was like stuck there in the dark and I'm like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> so uh I guess uh that didn't work. But t typically when I play um I play a lot like the way you played the second time oh, yeah. where I'll do uh, I start strategizing where I'll um if I see a box of uh, torches mm -hmm. uh, I'll be like okay I'm leaving that there for now because it's lighting this room and it's telling me that this room is one that I've been to before so oh, then I'm really yeah so then I start going I try to explore you would go all away from those yeah I'll yeah I'll try to remember I'm really bad at remembering how many lefts I've taken or whatever yeah but I do leave the torches until I commit to like a hole you know where you jump down the holes Wow. And so then, so then when I feel like I get a pretty good layout of that level, uh, I'll go and collect all the torches and go through the exit that I've chosen and, um, and so on. Do you ever fall through holes? Not accidentally. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, ultimately I'll end up in a room where I either get so incredibly lost that I feel like I've, uh, gone back and forth multiple times or... Uh, I'll end up in a room with, uh, in a hole with no no um, exits, and so I'll have a, a swan song. I'll have that moment where I'm using all of my torches, and it's a nice little finale. So, I love that game. So why? Yeah, that was my next question: is what is it about this game that you like? So it's so basic, mm -hmm. but it's got such good. You know, if they were gonna pick all the elements to put in one game together yep. to make it basic, they picked really good element. Like that's. Uh, a very big part of the appeal for me is I, 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 I like small quantities of elements or, or I'm not saying I like this more than large quantities of elements. Mm -hmm. What I'm, what I'm saying is I, I do have an appreciation and a respect for when a small quantity of elements is taken, mm. all of which feel essential, all of which synergize in such a way that it creates an experience, which in which you're like, Everything about this is so essential to the experience, and also I feel like each of the elements gets um, has so much influence that I can appreciate it. Right, there's such a small amount that you get to completely utilize them and appreciate them. You mean? Well, not only that, but like I mean, the torches is the most obvious example. Right. Uh, having having you. Having you navigate darkness and then having a, a ball of light to throw, you know, that's not just a matter of it being useful. It's also a matter of creating a huge amount of contrast with the player action. You know, I mean, you, you are changing the world around you 
in that moment, momentarily and briefly. The fact that it's impermanent is really exciting, especially about how that relates to the um, the scarcity of the resource. Mm. Uh, that there is a yeah, that was a really good decision. That there is a um, a tendency. I I don't know if it's just you and I, but uh, I tend to think that when people play this game, they kind of want to explore as far as they can go. Right. Um, and so the idea that the torches are necessary for that activity, uh, that you're rewarded with, with them so that you can go farther, and that um, I'm constantly tempted to use them for rooms, uh, not only for navigational purposes, but because I'll get a sense that there's something interesting going on with the ceiling oh, so shape. you have to, like, decide whether or not. Yeah. I, like, I, am I going to use this for business or pleasure? Like, is a constant decision I'm making That's in that so game. Funny. Especially you, because you are such a resource resource hoarder. Like, when we play games together, uh, this isn't a free game, but we played, uh, what was that game that I finished when you were out of town? Baldur's Gate. Baldur's Gate. Two. And you wouldn't use anything. You were like, uh, you wouldn't use anything. And you're like that in all of our games. You won't use your resources. You will save them until the end. So... I bet that's even more fun, uh, actually yeah. using it. Yeah, I, I think that it's probably it probably is related. That the it absolutely is related. Uh, my desire to hoard, uh, you know, I feel like I'm sp I am spending something valuable when I throw a torch. Mm. So when I'm like, oh, I got a glimpse of the shape of the ceiling, and I liked what I saw, and my curiosity is getting the better of me. Uh, <laughs> it's a big I, deal. Yeah, and I spend it. It, it, I, I think that I am becoming vulnerable to a certain, to an extra amount of appreciation of what I'm about to see. It's a um, there's a I see. there's a concept um called a a Zen view, mm. and it's this idea of like. Uh, if you have a, if you have a uh, a vista from like a mountaintop, for instance, and you have, but you have it's all walled in, mm -hmm. but you leave one opening, and the and the idea is basically when it's got some amount of scarcity, you have a different mode of appreciation than if it's constantly uh, surrounding you, then you kind of filter it out. That's but true. Uh, yeah. So so having. Having the torches there is really cool. That I think, you know, I mean, I'm I don't want to talk about what the game isn't, but I I see a lot of potential for uh, adding more. I'm afraid though, because a lot of what is so appealing about this game is not having anything and knowing you're going to get to a point you can't go any further and you're out of things mm -hmm. and in having and because of that. You have to make that decision every time. Am I going to throw the torch? It really makes the impact. I was trying to like go play. I was trying to go through a straight path so that if I had to go back, I wouldn't have to use a torch. Like three quarters of my decisions were based off of the the not wanting to throw my torches. Yeah, but I mean, what what, what if there were more temptations to throw your torches? Mm. Such as, like, what if you heard a really strange noise in one room? Oh, okay, so you're not saying add more things in along with torches. Well, no, no, I'm not saying add more abilities in. I'm saying mm. add more, like, I, I would 
I would enjoy if there was more variety of things to discover in the rooms when you throw the torches. I see. Either it'd be more textures, more structures, more uh, shapes, more like... I know, see. I see. More variety to, to want to explore. So, so, something that's saying, you know, I'm going to I'm going to throw... I'm more tempted to, to use up my torch just to see what's in this room. Yeah. Uh, besides uh, pure navigational purposes. That's true. I kind of agree with that. Because one of the reasons I really liked this game, which I was surprised I like it because I don't usually like games you can't win, but I, I like how little there is to work with in this yeah. game. I mean, it's one oh, of the benefits. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. But what you say is true. It would be nice to have more temptation. Um, Speaking, uh, during your second playthrough, so when I was watching you, you know, you were so, like, when Chrissy plays games, if she gets really into it, she narrates so hard. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, I'm, I'm getting all of the thoughts Chrissy's going through. And uh, when she, you know, commits to that hole and she jumps down there, um, and it's a room with all sealed exits, and she hasn't seen this before, watching her accept her fate was... <laughs> I mean, it was, it was hard. archetypical. It was oh, yeah? like, yeah, it was a powerful moment. Tell me. You, like, you're you're going, I mean, you went through all phases of denial. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, uh, no, that, like, I mean, you're constantly oh, yeah, turning re- around and thinking that this can't be right. Door. This can't be right. It, there's a way out. There's got to be a way out. <laughs> Is there no way out? There's got to be a way out. There's got to be a way like it took you so long to even throw a torch <laughs> because you're convinced that like you're going to be fine. Yeah. And then uh you know once you realize well, that Well, I there's no way they they trap you in a hole with no way out. There's I mean it's hard to believe that they would trap because in a lot of games it's sort of like they give it to you. Like they kind of baby the play. It's it's sort of like this. I went to this thing at the university where they were talking to my coworker about how to uh, have a class. And, have a class. Right, how to teach a class. Because he had to give a fake presentation on how he would teach a class. Okay. And uh, because, So you went to... Okay. Well, because he had his job interview, and part of his job interview, since he was it was to be a professor, was to show what he would do as a professor. Okay. And so I was there, along with the professors, to watch it to see how he... To help him practice. Okay. And so one of the professors said... You didn't put enough information on your slides. Uh, you have to you have to write everything down for them, or else they won't get it on the test. Mm. So you have to write every sentence you want them to know. And I had told him already not to do that because I found it insulting when I was a student. Mm. Like, if you're going to write it down, why am I even here? Why don't I just get a copy of the slides and go read it for myself? So anyway, I feel like this is kind of a long story for nothing. I feel like that's sort of like what games do. They like give you a path to free or you know to win like you always have a way out there's always the right way you're supposed to do it they they kind of make it easy even if they make it hard you can always assume that there's a way to win and that faith is it's almost like a religion for your player character yeah yeah it's like they they baby or they give it to you know what i mean yeah yeah it's always fair in some way yeah exactly and and then to fall into a hole with no doors (laughs) yeah well, and and that and that is a really interesting experience to have, like, uh, especially because of that faith, to 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 fall into an area, um, to fall into an area, realize that there's no escape, and then look at the pile of torches you have earned, 
and be like, am I going to do something with these or am I just going to exit the game? You know, that, Right, 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 right. To, like, to, to me why that, did I even collect these? Yeah, what was it all for? I, I have to, yeah, I have to determine, I have to retrospectively determine the purpose of my actions based off of what I do right now. And that that is a really powerful thing for a game to be able to communicate to both of us, like yeah. completely separately. Uh, watching watching it happen to you was so exciting for me because it uh, it made me realize that it's not just me and that the game is actually communicating and expressing that type of thing. Yeah, the game is designed really well. It's a really, it's for what it is, it's designed really well. And the other thing that I wanted to bring up and hadn't, gotten a chance to is having the depth meter Mm -hmm. made a huge difference for me uh, because I wanted to stay above a certain level and it was all part of my plan like oh yeah that was interesting to me you were that you were like okay I don't want to go any lower than this yeah yeah I liked having scarce resources that I could use to formulate a plan, even though I couldn't win, even though there's no way to, you know, in order to feel like I was in control. Would you be able to do it again? Or is it dependent on ignorance? No, I could totally, I would love to see how far down I could go. Uh, I think I have a better plan next time. I'm not going to fall in any holes. I can only enter an exit room so that I can enter an exit. Mm -hmm. That's my new plan. But sometimes you, you know, yeah. Stuff happens. Yes, yep. Sometimes stuff happens. But it's fun creating strategies based off of things you think you can do. I, th- I think it's a beautiful game. I, I feel like it's just incredibly elegant and yeah, and engaging and fun and wonderful. I, I love that game. All right. So do you want to take a break or anything before we talk about our next game? I'm cool. Okay. So let's talk about Dog of Dracula 2. Dog of Dracula 2 was presented to me uh, for... From Clyde, he tried to get me to play this game forever as a... But it's an, it's about an hour long. Yeah, it's not a short game. As a virtual novel. But it visual. is... In, yeah, sorry, visual novel. But it is, in fact, a kinetic novel. Yeah, you can click stuff, but it doesn't change anything about the game. And it is just there to click. Mm-hmm. But, so, do you want to talk about this game? You want me to? I want to talk about this game. Okay, tell us about Dog of Dracula 2. So, um, we just watched Fifth Element again. Yeah. I don't know if people have watched that because a lot of people... Oh, yeah, because we're old. Yeah. So... And and that game, and that movie came out, like, when we were old, too. Fifth Element is, uh, Fifth Element is, like... Sci-fi, cyber... It's a watered-down mixture of Stargate and Blade Runner. Mm. And... Uh, it's got tricky in it, yeah, which is a huge plus. Um, and as we're watching it, we're both we're, we haven't I, watched this movie in a really long yeah, time. Yeah, and I'm I'm going. Oh yeah, I remember what my attitude was towards this movie. It was, con- I'm constantly feeling like this is a lesser uh, version of something that I enjoy, mm-hmm. but then finding myself really enjoying it. <laughs> Yeah, but it's so... They've got so many elements of it. And I don't know if this is, like, from the... Again, we're talking about Fifth Element, not the game. Right, It has so many elements of it where he'll, like, tell her to shut up. Mm -hmm. Or things that we didn't remember from watching it in the 90s. The the movie has a strong tone of misogyny. Yeah, 
but it is like guy who you know needs to save the world in a super future and she is capable yet vulnerable mm-hmm. and and aliens and you know has to save the world pretty much uh but in but in like a but he's gritty like uh, almost almost like a um um middle class cyberpunk yeah you know what i'm saying like, yeah he used to be in the military but he quit when his wife left him and now he drives a taxi and like but he's not on the run from them you, you yeah, know like yeah yeah. Uh, yeah but he lives in a cheap apartment and he, and he drives a taxi so uh when we were watching fifth element um part part of the misogyny that we noticed was largely this this what we started thinking of as a, a noir Mm. narration like self-narration like she walked in and it was the and i uh, she shouldn't have closed the door i should have locked the door that day you know that kind of feeling yeah, like, yeah. The, the, these these detectives there or this detective narration of you know the how they they weren't able to um not be seduced by dames and alcohol and even though the dames were up to no good or yeah whatever. yeah uh so we were talking about the the noir aspect of that uh, movie, and I think we had recently played Dog of Dracula too, or did we play Dog of Dracula two afterwards? I don't remember. But when but we they pl- were so influenced by each other, the, they they seemed to be um, com- uh, what do you call it? Uh, pull- pulling from the same sources. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, but Dog of Dracula two, instead of just focusing on male power fantasy Mm. it focuses on this absurd version of a cyberpunk detective noir yeah 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 uh but even though that's the voice of it is this you know absurd version that's humorous um there's still actually a a very uh simple but interesting narrative path that the story takes that when i see it when i play through it i think of it as being incredibly typical it that was what i was going to say about it but i fail to be able to come up with an example of a story that does the same thing it's like it it still feels like every cyberpunk story you've ever heard like oh the corporation has taken over oh everybody's plugged in and we have to stop it oh they got me and now i'm part of it kind of thing yeah it it does it does but i i I think there's something really valuable to being able to to be able to be such an exemplary example of a genre or type oh yeah sorry uh and and yet to do something that hasn't that you haven't seen done before i i think there's that that paradox is really fascinating to me yeah Um, okay that makes sense and I really enjoyed some of the lines of writing. There is some really sharp, like not all of it's sharp, but there are some really sharp lines in that game that so made it is me laugh. A hundred percent, or I would say ninety-five percent puns. It's like one pun after the next. Yes, often involving condiments and sugary beverages. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this whole thing—I guess it is supposed to be maybe absurdist. I mean, yeah. I guess so. But the the thing about this game that I was going to originally, like, noir, 
You play a lot of noir, but I don't know that I've ever played noir cyberpunk before. But maybe what I hadn't realized about noir before this game was I always pictured, like, you know, I'm in a detective thing and a girl comes in, it's all black and white, you know, and dark and all that. But I hadn't really noticed the language of it. Mm. And, and the language of noir being, like, self-narration, uh, everything kind of summarized in mm -hmm. a line that you want to be clever. Right. And, and, and self-deprecating. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, I... I'm on hard times and... Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not a groomer anymore. Yeah. Uh, we're doing we are doing the lines such disjustice by trying oh, to yeah. repeat them. But there there were some lines that uh were oh wait, we have one yeah, right now. Yeah, Clyde there was one hey there fellow whistle winner. <laughs> yeah. And Clyde actually <laughs> said, Hey, if if you ever leave me, I'm gonna use that line on somebody. I, like, <laughs> I love it. He walks up he walks to, up to someone at the bar and says, Hey fellow whistle wetter. And I'm like, You I will like, still oh, be single if you Oh use my gosh, that line. it's such a good line. It is not that good. Dating <laughs> advice. Do not take it from Dog of Dracula. No, totally take it from Dog of Dracula. Two. Sit two. Say, hey, fellow whistle wetter, and and, and... and and report to us on how that works to you. I would like to know. No lines work. That one is not going to work either. But you get... He got super... Clyde got super excited, like, about some of the lines. Uh, but why, why is it that you wanted me to play this game so bad? Mm, I just... I think it's got one of the best stories of the free short games that we've played. Really? Mm-hmm. What part of it? Is it just that you felt like you hadn't seen this story before? There's actual characters. Being the dog? A lot A lot of the games that we play um, are incredibly environmental-based or, uh, you know, just moving elements around kind of things. Rarely yeah. is there much investment in characterization. Yeah. Um, and even even when uh, the characters aren't incredibly deep, it, I appreciate them when when they're there. And I felt like this game had um, just really interesting characterization. Like I I didn't really think that Dog was very interesting as a mm -hmm. character. But I totally thought that the the main character and uh, Sukibon were uh, interesting characters, even though they weren't that deep. They were just there was something about them that is, mm, what, what's the word for uh, ev uh, evocative? Mm. But both of them make me think of that world and just I don't know. They just they established themselves in in my mind. They were they were developed enough. Where I want to hang out with them. Oh, that's interesting. And that's something I rarely see in games in general. I mean, like Dragon Age. You just liked hanging out in the world with them where they were doing things. Yes. I see. Uh, and, yeah. Yeah, know, that, that, that so rarely happens in games. I didn't really think... Maybe I wish I had that pointed out while we were playing. Because <laughs> the whole time I'm like, this isn't a vision. I think I was so focused... On that it wasn't a visual novel, mm -hmm. and it and that uh, I wasn't really making any choices, and that it was bad puns that I wasn't really paying as close of attention what to are, other things. What are some of the choices you would have liked to be able to make? Yeah, I don't even know that it's possible for that to be a visual novel mm. because it it was telling a story, 
And I don't see how the story could have deviated. If you had to walk to the bar by pressing to the right. Oh, no, that would have not. I want a visual. I'm fine with visual novels mm-hmm. being all, all or kinetic novels being all dialogue. I don't I don't need to pretend like I have it, any control. It over was just it. thinking that it was one thing rather than another. Yeah, I think that this was is a my huge fault. Part. Yeah, that's what you're saying. The, I'm, I'm alluding to, to that. Mm. But. And at the same time, I'm not interested in kinetic novels. But, you know, maybe I should be because I like to read. I don't see the difference between reading a story that has pictures and reading a story that doesn't. Maybe Mm -hmm. I need to start changing my attitude towards kinetic novels. I'm really fascinated with the um, what clicking on the page in order to advance dialogue and small quantities of animation and triggered sounds does to player interact to to reader interaction. I'm really fascinated well, by you this. Well, you usually really dislike kinetic novels. Yeah. So when you were like, well the clicking makes it feel interactive, it doesn't make it feel interactive with other ones. When th- I think maybe the reason that I have a hard time with kinetic novels is because the line the the line divisions as in um the uh the divisions between what's on one click and what's on the next. Mhm is typically just based off of the dialogue, uh, you know, the lines of the dialogue as in switching between who's saying it. Okay, yeah. Or it's just, it feels like it's um just arbitrarily dividing up an exposition. But in Dog of Dracula 2, I get the, I, I feel like it's probably because of the puns, actually. It's like every click is a joke. Oh, and okay. So, every... so you're kind of forwarding the the humor. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like they they they're not they feel naturally segmented, so they come into that format really well. Whereas uh, other other things I read, I I don't get any small senses of um conclusion i guess mm. or segmentation I, I don't know what it is like a, a period at the end of the sentence kind of feeling from necessarily from other kinetic novels and because maybe also I, I, because you get another f- picture or you get the environment along with the next line that it feels like you are forwarding the next line well i mean i i don't think that this game was particularly good at that i don't think mm. that the pictures changed incredibly frequently or anything mm. like that but but I, I do think that the writing style was something that made it so that I was had a much easier time enjoying it as a kinetic novel. But you like that style of 80s, I'm going to yes. hit my cop car with the skateboard. <laughs> I, I think of it as like pinball backgrounds. Yeah, totally. And I, I do enjoy that. I would... It would be interesting to play another Connect novel with a similar theme yeah. and see how I felt about it. Where you like ride a dinosaur or something. Yeah. You know, all that stuff. I love dinosaurs. I know. It's totally a thing. <laughs> it is a thing. <laughs> but the other... Oh, what was I going to say? I had one more thing to say about this. Do you have anything else to say Why I'm trying to remember the other thing I had to say about it? Um... Oh, it was obsessed with Japanese pop culture references like senpai well not just that there was a ton of them at the beginning i wish i could remember them all 
Like there, there were a lot of inside jokes that I got that made me realize that there must be a lot that I'm not getting because they're, you know. Yeah, there was so many so like Japanese inside references, mostly mm. at oh, yeah, the beginning. Yeah, Hatsune Miku or whatever, the hologram uh, singer Vocaloid. Oh yeah, there was a lot of that at the beginning that I didn't understand. So it was interesting that they mixed so many genres because then they mixed the Japanese thing with like throwing Spanish like they've mm-hmm. combined plus the noir. It's interesting how many things they tried to combine into one game. It, it is a it is a fascinating world they've created. Yeah. The condiments is really odd. Yeah, I don't maybe it's because it's sauce like you're on the sauce, I don't know. And being a groomer was also really odd. Yeah, that that was really odd. What do you think that does to the game? What like it uh, makes uh, you feel like you're supposed to be getting something like like let, let, There's a pun that you're not getting. Let's pre- pretend that ketchup's is quaaludes. Okay. And that grooming is what? Uh, Being in the military yeah. or something? Wait, how, Secret how, ops? How special would, ops? In, this, in Dog of Dracula 2, how would that change the game? I mean, it would just make it more... Less absurd? Do you, do you think that the humor would have hit the same? Well, like the 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 actual lines, the, the jokes. Really? Oh, there were some. There were some that were hilarious. Well, then what? How do you think it would be different? Do you think it wouldn't be? I as... think I wouldn't realize that I'm supposed to laugh. Oh, really? You wouldn't yeah. know that it was. Yeah, I I I would think, um, you know, that's just kind of goofy rather than, uh, I'm watching a movie of one-liners and. One out of ten is gonna is gonna be pretty good, mm. uh, which is a different type of appreciation, I think. Yeah, they really they really went all the way <laughs> in this one. They didn't hold back. Do you want to take a break before we go into the next thing? I'm fine. Okay, so I have a question. Question for you. time. Question time. And you know, it's not like it's not like. I know that there's a lot of criticism, or I hate using the word criticism. This doesn't sound much like a question at all. I know, I'm building up my question. I hate the word criticism because for me it reflects like you're criticizing something, but I know that there's a lot of, (laughs) (laughs) no, I don't know why. Uh, There's a lot of critique. There's a lot of critique on games, and it seems like it's okay, but I don't know. Is there a lot? Isn't that what you're like doing all the time on the computer? Well, I'm interested in it, but that doesn't mean there's a lot of it. Oh, I just assumed. No, you're just surrounded by it because of me. Oh, I see. So, I, I'm i having a hard time figuring out, like, is it okay that we're talking about these people's games? Or it, Sometimes I think I get the feeling that people are not okay with us talking about their games. Mm-hmm. Like, in a way, we're sort of giving our interpretation, and although we're not authorities and that people aren't really listening to us, but like on the internet, when people talk about their interpretations, does it like cloud... How other people see the game. Absolutely. Is it Dane? You know, do people not want us to talk? Do you know what is the what is? What do you see? It, why do you want to talk about these games? And why do you want to listen to other people talk about these games? Uh, because it um, it allows me to have lenses of appreciation for when I play games myself. It's uh, it creates a um. It's it's like a tool set. Uh, that I can that I can choose between and apply as I'm playing in order to 
um, more fully appreciate the piece of work in front of me. So if you heard us talking about the game, you wouldn't think, oh, this is what, when you went to go play it. What game? Okay, let's say you heard us talk about, I don't know, what's the game we interpreted? Interpreted? Yeah, like, I feel like sometimes we talk about what we think it's about. Like, thematically? Yeah. Oh, we just did that with um The World Beneath. Okay, so what if Because you... I was talking about, you know, being trapped in the dark and having to come to the conclusion of what do I do with these torches? Yeah, but I don't really feel like that's the same thing because I, in a way, I feel like that's the only conclusion you can. Come okay, to well, that you. just means that you're confident about it. Yeah, I don't know. In in games where you're, you know, you can interpret it kind of any way you want. In the, I'm sure the person who made it can interpret it however they want. Let's go back to the world beneath. Okay, that's a good example. Because you're so confident about that being the correct interpretation, it's a great example. Okay. So, because what you're, you know, you're, at the, while you are concerned about being seen as an authority, you're also so confident about your interpretation of that game that you can't imagine another. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because there's like three things in that game, okay? <laughs> Regardless of what the reasoning is. Uh, you know, your interpretation is not the only one, and uh, we aren't the authority on that. Right, well, we're not the authority on anything, but, like, what do you see the benefit is for trying, for talk, for talking about your interpretations or trying to give your critique mm -hmm. on these games? Like, why do you want to have a whole podcast about it? Um, okay, uh, let's imagine two people. Uh, one has never played A World Beneath. Mm -hmm. One has. Okay. The person who has never played A World Beneath uh, wasn't going to play it, even when they saw the screenshot on our wonderful-looking Tumblr. Yeah. Um, and now that they have heard our description of it and our, what we appreciated, what we thought it needed, or, you know, what we think would improve it, what our experience uh, was of playing it, what it reminds us of, in our own lives, as they hear that description, something that we said resonated with them. And so they're thinking, okay, well, I'm going to go play that now and see if it resonates with me in the same way. And when it does, or if it does not, well, I mean, assuming that it does, I will get an experience of unity. A shared experience. Yes, it, it'll be a communal experience. And to me, that is a huge part of art. It, so you want to make you want to critique games for players. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. I'm far more interested, far, far, far more interested in uh, communicating to people who may potentially play the game or have played the game than I am with uh, the people that are actually making, making them. Games. Not that I don't like the people that are making them. It's just that's not what I'm excited about. That's not your focus. For this podcast. So you're, you're interested in having shared playing experience. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, because, like, how do you feel about if someone were to listen to us talk about their game and they are not excited that their game is being interpreted? Like, mm -hmm. doesn't it seem like some people are not interested in their game having critique? Very much so. What is that about? <laughs> what is that about? Uh, um, 
I don't know. I mean, for different people, it's different things. Yeah, I guess I'll just have to not worry about it. Well, no, I mean, you can worry about it if you like. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to talk about anything I don't like because there's no value to it. It's just my opinion anyway, and I don't want to I don't want to create a negative experience for someone to identify with. I guess it'd be the easiest way hmm. to say it. That's interesting. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know. I need to be more like some of the people I read online that don't mind saying things. Well, look, I, I still want to consider the second person in my hypothetical. Okay. Uh, the person who has played A World Beneath uh, then listens to the podcast that we just said. Um, and as they li- as they listen to it and they uh, think back on their experience of playing the game, they have a mixture of emotions somewhere in between. Um, I didn't get that from it at all. Mm. Uh, how interesting that my experience deferred so much from theirs. Mm-hmm mixed with wow that is totally what happened to me but now that i've heard it verbalized uh it's more concrete and the experience i have is now a communal one so you don't think it's ever gonna be like i'm going in and this is what this game is about and i won't get my own experience from it because i've already heard i have no doubt that some people will have that reaction Mm. uh be in Look, I mean, look at what happened with you in Dog of Dracula 2 and me calling it a visual novel. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the way that the game is introduced to someone has a huge effect mm-hmm. on uh, what their expectations are going in and how they see it and what they're looking for. Yeah. Okay. That was my question. What's your question? Uh... Oh, he gets out his little notepad. Um, what is the purpose of categories? Oh, uh, reference. Okay, I can talk about this forever. Uh, when you look for something... I, I know we already asked this on a podcast, but I want to ask again. Oh, yeah? Why do you want to ask? <laughs> uh, because you spend so much of your time uh, categorizing um, your fanfics. So, I, I like finding things that I like. I like finding out that I like something, and then... I consume it. I will, if I find an author I like, or music I like, or or a show I like, I want to have everything to do with it. I will. I am a consumer of things that I, you binge. Yes, yes. And so I want to find when I am in that, I want to be able to find more of it. And for you, when you want to find more of what you like you go to the creator. Mm-hmm. And for me, when I want to find more of what I like, mm-hmm. I go to the category. Well, the crea- in that sense, the creator is just another type of category. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's true. I didn't think about it like mm-hmm. that. But for me, I always think it's subject matter. So, for example, um, I have a Tumblr site. I've, I ship a... Uh, I ship Kaisu, which is two boys that are in a uh, Korean boy band. What boy band? Uh, XO. 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 But they actually don't make very much XO fanfic. It's just these two guys like doing random stuff. And so uh, I find like, oh, they they have a wolf theme in their songs. So oh. so I find all the wolf fix or I find all the hybrid fix or I find fix where they're doctors. Do, do they have a mega wolf theme? Oh, oh, it's Nega Wolf. It's Nega. I'm a wolf. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, 
So, so I categorize the fan fiction based off of subject on a Tumblr site. But, for example, when we first got really into Animal Collective, I got really into Animal Collective. And I wanted more of it. So I, I spent a lot of time listening to it to find out what was happening in it. Mm-hmm. So I could categorize the things I liked happening in it to find more of it. Like singing right. in rounds. So it's just a matter of being able to find more. Exactly. Okay, then I want to bring up tonight's example, or at least my thoughts on it. Okay. It seems that what you did tonight was you took stories that are already categorized and then created a cross-reference category that also applies to them. What are you talking about? I don't have this. I have only been partially listening to you talk, (laughs) so I can't really give you a specific example, but but I can use... Uh, Dog of Dracula 2 for an example. Oh, please do. Okay, I want to keep it games. Okay, so if it it's as if uh, you had a list of um, kinetic novels. Okay. And Dog of Dracula was included in it. Okay. Do- 2, sorry. Dr- Dog of Dracula 2. Right. And then tonight you said, oh, uh, I'm going to make a new category. Oh, okay. And this is going to be noir. Okay. Noir games. So it's like you created a cross-reference. But at the same time, it seemed like it seemed like you were creating something. It, it, it felt to me that you were actually creating something just by conceptualizing another category that you could put a different assortment right. into. Yeah, okay, I do do that. What is the value of that? Um, well, because... When people, when you're, for example, when you're playing a game and you really like a small aspect of it versus everything that happens versus, let's say in Dog of Dracula, you like, two, two, you like condiment puns more than you like noir. Okay. Or you, you know, so, so in order to break up everything that happens. I'm about to sneeze. Get ready. You can identify what you like the most and find more of that. I like condiment puns. I don't like mm-hmm. noir. So I'm going to create a new category of condiment puns. So and... is that to bring in condiment people? No, it's because uh, you're refining. It's all about splitting up the things that you like in order to find more of it. Like, there. yes, yes. It is. It is about bringing in more people. Yeah, exactly. So you have all the noir people. You have all the condiment people. Mm -hmm. You have all the cyberpunk people. Mm -hmm. You know, you can split that story up. You have all the Japanese pop people. All right. I understand the value there. I'm more interested in the value for people who have already read the story. Well, for me, um, I like really specific things. I I spend a lot of time with things that I like to find out what I like about it. Uh, in order to refine it. So I get really specific with the things that I like. Right. So I want to break things up as much as possible for other people to find their specifics. And but, for me to find okay, it too. Okay, so, so you're... So it's purely... And it's for me too. It, in order for me to find out what I like, I have to split up something into all of its elements. You're, you're, so what you're saying is that you have something you like. Yeah. And you're atomizing it in different ways. Yes. So that you can further formulate 
what you're actually enjoying. Yes. So I can take out all the things that I'm not as interested in and I can find out all the things I am interested in and so then I can the, combine all those interests into one thing that I can further explore. Okay, see my my hypothesis was that uh the value of this was that if you if you have Dog of Dracula 2 in a noir mm -hmm. category and you have Dog of Dracula 2 in a cyberpunk category. Cyberpunk category. Then when you're approaching it at different times, you yourself, who have already played the game, mm -hmm. when you're approaching it at different times, you can say, um, oh, I just saw this when I was looking through my cyberpunk list. Mm -hmm. And then you would do a cyberpunk read. Mm. Like, you right. would be paying attention be just because of the category. Oh, so you're saying the category does the same thing as what I was saying the... With um, the criticism. Yeah, you are creating an expectation. Yes. But I categorize because I want to create the expectation. I want to oh, read... Well, yeah, well yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that you oh. wouldn't want to. Oh, okay. But see, it's a create. It's an expectation I created for myself. Not something somebody else created for me. Okay, that's interesting to me. Because... I go through, if if I want to read all cyberpunk stories, and I like a certain kind of cyberpunk, yeah. I want to read the kind of cyberpunk that I like. So I will categorize it. Do you know what I'm saying? No, this seems like a completely different thing than what we were talking about. Okay, then with stories, tell me again. With stories that you've already read, mm -hmm. what is the value of recategorizing them? Oh, because I'm going to read them again. I read everything okay. like a hundred times. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to want to read them when I'm in the mood for something specific. Like if I'm in the mood for cyberpunk. Yeah. I want to. So it's just a matter of reference, being able to find it? Yes. Okay. That's what categorizing is for. And for other people to be able to find it. Let's talk about, um, do you need a break? No, I'm fine. Let's talk about uh, Off Peak because this reminds me of it. Okay, let's talk about Off Peak. Uh. The reason Off Peak reminds me of it is, uh, before describing the game, um, I'm fascinated with the idea of memory castles uh, in video games. What's a memory castle? I Me mean, I know, but I feel like you need to say it. Uh, a memory castle is the idea that the spatial portion of your brain is better at remembering things than, for instance, the verbal one. Uh, and so, as you imagine yourself moving through space, you see objects or places in which things happened or were placed and uh, you're using the spatial part of your brain in order to trigger memories. And by doing this, you're able to remember more things is basically the idea. Okay. Um, so I'm fascinated with the idea of creating Unity 3D games, basically, that are memory castles for things that you want to um, remember. So Really? I had no idea this was happening. So... How, did, uh, how do you have a secret life for me? Yeah, right? So... You know, as we as we walk around our own house, right. uh, I'll run into objects that I that never come to mind. You know, this especially happens before somebody comes over, and you like go through your house to see what it's gonna yeah. look like for them. Yeah, you 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 do the uh, the the was it brand um, confirmation of your house. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, I might find a drawing that. I haven't seen in a very, very long time, and it reminds me of the place we were living when we did it, okay. um, or the subjects that were you were interested in the, at, at the time. And I just would not remember that had it not been for me encountering it on the way to something else. 
Okay. Um, okay. And I'm fascinated with the idea of populating a uh, a Unity 3D world. With oh, I can see why objects. this would make you think of Off Peak. Yeah. Um. I don't remember. Talk about a game that we're interpreting. <laughs> okay, so I guess we should talk about Off Peak now. Okay, let's talk about. Oh yeah, what were we talking? Oh, we were talking about categorizing. Okay. Is that? Is that? Yeah, really I don't. About... I don't remember. Oh, I'm we... so sorry. No, I mean it's my fault. Okay, good. If only I had a memory castle. Yeah. Right. So Off Peak is a. Do you mind if I talk? I about hope. It? I just did a lot of talking though. Maybe it's your turn. Yeah, but. You sound so good. <laughs> You're so sweet. Okay, so Off Peak is a game, and here's the interesting thing about Off Peak. It is sort of a gallery of of interesting art and games and and things of that nature. Poster art. Poster art. Well, I don't know. It's not just poster art. There's the is it? there's all the like the stained glass and the whale and the dog and the and then the graffiti. There's a lot of graffiti, like city graffiti. It's not just poster art. Yeah, that's true. There are like murals. Yeah, and there's like the katan on the ground and. Yeah, yeah. You know, the more I think, the more you talk about specific instances of things that exist in this game, mm-hmm. the more fascinating the amalgamation itself is. What does that mean? Um, I'm gonna uh, blow this one up. Uh, okay, let's do this. So it's about to blow. Sorry. So su- subcultures. Sometimes the way I think of subcultures, not actual subcultures, but fantasy subcultures. Fan- yeah, well, ideas, concepts of subcultures, the names of subcultures. Um, subcultures. Subcultures as genre. Uh, okay. Um, gamer culture would be one. Okay. Um, uh, so I think of them as, as having, um, an amalgamation of signifiers that are culturally accepted, culturally, not only within the subculture, but also outside of the subculture. Okay. So someone outside of the subculture sees Minecraft, um, and says, oh, they are a gamer. For instance. Oh yeah, but see, then the downside of it is like this isn't a game; it doesn't belong. Yes, uh, for oh yeah, there's it's got incredible quantities of complexity. Uh, but I'm I'm interested in the idea of what I guess you could consider microcultures, especially ones that are completely fictional. <laughs> uh, in in that, can you take an amalgamation of, um, you know, four things? Uh, so, for instance, like create a, a, a certain look of a costume, create a certain um, activity that seems kind of ritualistic, uh, create a greeting, and then like create um, um, a religion, and then put them together and make a uh, fictional subculture. I'm I'm just I'm laying you know the, this foundation out for the conversation. Okay. I'm fascinated with the idea with that idea of whether or not that's possible and like these this the value of imagining hyper small micro subcultures that may be fully personal. Hey, wouldn't it be fun to have like a rogue like subculture generator? Oh gosh. Holy shit. <laughs> you could just put those four things in oh and my God. see what I means. have a hard enough time with Secret Habitat. <laughs> if we have a subculture generator, I mean, one that... I'm not talking about just, like, 
I'm not just talking about some bot that like <laughs> generates a couple words that you put together yeah, and like. No, a, no, it's like I'm you talking just about do those like, four things and then you see the world. And, and, it, makes... and it actually, you know, and it's actually, it engages me. Holy shit. Can you imagine like closing that program down? Yeah, oh. I totally can, but that's me. But go it, ahead. it would be like, no one understands. I just went to <laughs> Narnia and no one believes me. So this game you feel like is a amalgamation of like four things of yep. subculture? So yep. like gaming culture, poster... Mm, well, board gaming culture specifically. Well, they are also playing Netrunner. Well, that I consider that a board game. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, poster... Yeah, poster Apparently art. they're in... What was... What country? Polish. Polish posters. Uh, thank you... Yeah, Empty uh, Fortress. Empty Fortress for tweeting that, so we knew to, what to look up. To yeah, we we thought it was all uh, the original art. art. Yeah, we thought it was original art, but uh, it was actually it's actually really helpful to know that it's a. Uh, it seems that there's a heavy amount of Polish, specifically Have Polish, amazing uh, poster art, and uh, it that movie that's such poster a, movie art. That's such an interesting thing to be into, like from. Oh, the, but we're we're. We're, no, we're, no, we're, we're going we to the right haven't, place. We haven't even talked about the space that all of this okay. is in. Okay, so you're in a train station, and in it is what Clyde was describing, and it, it's like a somebody made a space of all the stuff that they like. That's what it feels like. Yeah. You know, originally I thought it was like a space for all their art. Well, I think that it's a comp... Oh, well... Yeah, me too. I yeah, I thought it was like a museum where they were they were trying to put their art in context so that you would especially the stairway scene. Mm -hmm. So there's a stairway you go up and it's like you're going into laser tag, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's I mean it's dark and it's got like Christmas lights ish kind of deal making you look like you're going through not an actual space environment, but a space environment that someone has created in their strip mall area. Mm -hmm. And um you're going up this, this set of stairs, and every segment of stairs you're going up, there's a painting or a oh, poster yeah. on the wall that it's you're like facing. It's like you're going up a ramp. Yeah. Uh, and so it's what it turns into is like, this is mandatory time of looking at this poster. Yeah, you're going up the stairs for maybe about three seconds or five seconds, and during that time you're facing the picture the whole time and it's like a slow zoom and then you can examine that picture as long as you like and then turn and there's another one slow zoom to it yeah yeah you're you're not given the choice to look at it mm -hmm. and so you well you are technically but... i mean you could go back down but basically you're given you are create what is it that you're always talking about game design it's like they've designed a way for you to look at it for the right amount of time mm -hmm. for each one yeah and it, it seems like an intentional attempt to make someone appreciate two-dimensional art in, by using three-dimensional space. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. So in this train... So the interesting thing is this is sort of like a No Fun House kind of game. I always talk about this. It's my reference. No, no Fun House is such a great reference, yeah, so that's good. Yeah. It's, like a, it's like an art environment almost that you can explore. But they give you a task in it of finding like some ripped up ticket pieces to take a train out so it's like they give you a kind of a objective of being in the space and for exploring it and at first i was like 
oh, you know, I don't really care about looking for the ticket. Like, this is an arbitrary objective. But in the end, uh, playing another game after that we'll talk about after it, I really do appreciate the objective. Uh, even though I wasn't really that interested in finding the ticket, because it really did motivate me to look around the environment and feel like I had a reason to be there. So I for for me it was like for me it wasn't um the motive to walk around the space. In fact, it kind of took away from the motive mm, to walk around because I was like, get that ticket, quit well, looking at stuff. Yeah, I guess no. I mean, no, it wasn't because of you. It was because it just. Uh, I guess I enjoy not being reminded that I'm supposed to do stuff. This is a mm. personal thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> if, true. If I know I'm supposed to do something, I'm indignant towards it. That's true. Um, So I don't like being reminded that I'm supposed to do something in a game. Uh, But the reason I did appreciate the tickets was because it gives you the impression of... uh. Um, here is a here is a a number of sites that are worth your time, and if you get the, if you get all of these tickets, then there's not anything that is you haven't re- seen that you haven't seen that really needs to be seen. That's yeah. what I like about it. It's just that it's like a it's a checklist. Yeah, and and basically this environment is like what we were saying. It's like somebody built an environment of things that they like for you to walk around and explore. And it's a lot of really cool things. Like, the poster art is really cool. There's a lot of, graffiti, like, city-type graffiti. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so specific. Yeah, it really is. And, and, and this gets me to that idea of a, a hyper-microculture, like a, like a very specific imaginary culture, which, mm. which involves... Yeah, it's not just the Cattle imagery. skulls. Yeah. Like, magical cattle skulls. Um, you know, like, uh, supernatural, uh, triplets. Yeah, they're, like, totally building up this guy Marcus the whole time. Like, people outside, like, he can't hold us down. And people are like, oh, Marcus is gonna be mad. He's not playing. So, like, playing the piano. So, and Marcus is in, like, charge of the circus that rules the city. Circus is another one. Yeah, so Marcus is, like, totally built up. And then you, like, go to the roof (laughs) and there's, like, Marcus. He's just some guy sitting up there. Chrissy was uh, disillusioned by Marcus. But <laughs> he was really wh- built up. Whereas when I saw Marcus in his natural habitat, <laughs> uh, it actually it made me think that he was far more of an interesting character than I had yet. Because he- here's a guy, here's a fellow who has decided that um, small power is good power. And, yeah. uh, and the train station that they run, they're going to build a throne in. <laughs> Uh, He's gonna have some cattle sitting around him. Yeah, and oh, you know what? I didn't even realize that like there's cattle and there's oh, magical yeah, yeah, cow yeah. skulls. Magical the magical cow skulls were really interesting. Yeah, they were weird. Yeah, it, it's just it's so specific, like inconsistent. That you know, if if it was just one magical cattle skull, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, okay, that's just it's just a thing. You know, it's it, it's like a a lucky memento that one character has. No, this is a world of magical cattle skulls. Yeah, they're like a thing. People have them in their hands. Yeah. And you touch one at some point. Oh, yeah, skulls in general. Are... Yeah, there are skulls all over the place in yeah. general. Yeah, that's an interesting it, theme. It, 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 it's almost as if... I keep on using the word signifier. I guess I like that word right now. I it, it, It's as if the skulls themselves are signifiers of th- something that is like a, 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 a subtext for 
for the environment itself. Like, you know, do if we knew the secret of the skulls, would we then would look at that one? Would that one tall protester, you know, have a completely different meaning to us? That that's an interesting concept. So it makes you feel like there is symbolic things happening in the game. Mm. Is yeah. That what it, they there are there are symbols in the game. It's just a matter of do decoding them add story or oh i see yeah either way it 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 manages to create a a a sense of mysticism Mm. and there's and they and they make characters ish that you can talk to far more than most of the games we play do yeah yeah that's true especially for these art wandering games i think this okay so right now i'm working on a visual novel mm-hmm. that's character based mm-hmm. big time mm-hmm. not big time as in it's a huge game but big time as in it's big time character character based is the most important aspect of it right and i this is the first time i've had this type of challenge and it is of a magnitude more of involvement and effort than i have experienced thus right, far right you're not just making a mechanic that you can permute or yeah. iterate on yeah it, it feels completely different if you iterate a character it's like you create a bunch of similar characters mm-hmm. which is not what a character-based thing is right so right and uh, you need it and you need the character to actually have defining personality without being a stereotype right 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 so um it, it, it's it's like you know, you, you're always wanting to put more and more depth in them. And so, in as humans with uh, high social capacity, um, when we approach a, 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 um, an object in a game that is supposed to be a character, uh, though we do treat them with a lot of um, compromise. Like, we, we already know that they're not going to be very impressive to us as people because <laughs> they're in a game. They're an NPC in the game. They're going to repeat their dialogue pretty quickly. Right, right, right. Uh, but, uh, I mean, as soon as I saw a person in, the, in off-peak, I wanted to know how deep does this person go. Really? Oh, yeah, because you went through every... Because when I started it the first time, I started it, and then it was too light in the room, so we could we had to wait until it was night. But I just walked up to that guy playing the steel, yeah, and I just went through one of his dialogues. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even interested in keeping on going, but you went through all of them and then started over. Like you were totally interested in everything. Yeah, I had to say. I, I really want to see how deep they go, and it's not it's not. And only... I hadn't connected the character mm. thing you're into right now with that. It, it's not only the dialogue either. It's the uh, it's the um, the ability of the characters to cross-reference each other. So, for instance, the Marcus is by far the best example. Oh, yeah, uh, they're all talking about Marcus. They're all talking about Marcus. And that is that develops Marcus's character. And it, it, it's a it's a twofer, right? Mm-hmm. It, is, it is developing the character of the people who are having opinions of Marcus, and it's also developing the character of Marcus themselves. Right. Creating a sense of a set of expectations for when you finally meet Marcus. It was a big deal. And... Uh, the way the expectations you have when you meet Marcus affect how you see him as a character also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's true. That, all of that is, is character depth. And 
I'm really interested in seeing how much of it I can. Uh, uh, imagine if one of the Netrunner players was seen in another section of the game in a completely different context. You know, that that type of thing has an exponential effect of of creating a sense that there's more than I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, and when that comes to people or, you know, characters, it has a huge um, benefit. So... Well, that's cool. You know, I don't think about characters as much as I probably should, especially because I I like having characters around. Like, ever since we watched all those Step It Up movies, and Moose was, like, the best character in all of them, and mm-hmm. then there was the one without him, and the, there was, like, nothing happening, and I realized how important it was to have, like, a personality. <laughs> and then Moose came back, and there was nothing in it. <laughs> yeah, poor Moose. They ruined him. Anyway, I, I still don't associate that kind of thing happening in games, because everybody is so static, and they just have their lines, and I'm just mm-hmm. going through it. Yep. But I need to commit more to thinking about, like... What is it they're trying to say, and how are they being represented? I guess. Mm, yeah, yeah. There are more things to look at than their lines of dialogue, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, their methods of dress, whether or not they have two twin, two sisters. <laughs> and the other thing about this game that we haven't talked about yet, that of course I'm going to bring up since I apparently do this, is the music was really awesome. Mm-hmm. There was a really good soundtrack playing. You go into the mushroom garden, and it changed. It was fun listening to the music, mm-hmm. and it was. And it set a tone, almost of hurrying. Uh, I felt a little bit. Like, That's interesting. Yeah, I, did, I, I vaguely like remember it as being like almost like soft jam band. Oh, for me, it was like uh, jazz of like I'm going somewhere. I'm at a nightclub. Oh, I, oh I, yeah, I do remember like a real nice dry bongo kind of of section. I think that was when you're crossing the bridge. Mm. I really like. I liked the music in a lot. And I liked the poster art in it a lot. I liked uh, all of the things that you look at. It was fun to see people playing Netrunner and us trying to figure out who they were going to be because we yep. were really into Netrunner. Yep. Like, there's a lot of fun aspects to this game because of being part, I guess, of the culture of playing games and, mm-hmm. and things like that. But, uh, and I really like looking at most of the art, too. Yeah, um, yeah, we looked at all of the posters a lot. And I don't know how different of a game it would be without the arbitrary uh, goal. The tickets? Yeah. Like, what, what, how much time would I have spent in it? Hmm. How much, who would I have talked to? You know what I that mean? That would be an interesting experiment. Yeah. But we're going to need two Chrissies, and we only have one. And we only have one, and I already played it. Uh, one, one thing I want to talk about with this game, one thing I want to mention, is that when you uh, first look at the train station area... You see a clock. Mm. And when I saw that clock, my first reaction was, what I, time? I did that Unity tutorial. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then and, you were like, look at that space trash. Yeah, okay, so, yeah. It, oh, that's another thing. Uh, Clyde coins a term. So, <laughs> so uh, when I looked at that clock, I was like, I did that Unity tutorial. And, I, I mean, it's so similar to the clock I made in a Unity tutorial that I really still believe that that is the clock from the Unity mm. tutorial. Mm. And I love this narrative I created in, in my mind that this is their first Unity game. And Well, they did a great job for their first Unity game. Right. Well, I mean, you know, this is... Oh, yeah, but I as Eleanor told me that Unity is not really coding anyway. So. Right, right. But I, I 
I am not an authority. I know nothing about oh, the I was author. Being, of this. Sorry, I didn't really mean that. I was just <laughs> making fun of someone who said that. Sorry. Okay. Uh, I'm not an authority. I do not know anything about the creator of this game. But the narrative I created in my mind was, uh, this is their first Unity game. And uh, they did the clock tutorial. And they're like, they're like, oh, well, I got this clock. <laughs> I might as well make a ton of cool shit after it. <laughs> so, so so I'm just going to like, yeah, I'm just going to build a world in a game around the clock tutorial. I love that idea. And if you look up at the clock, you see this one unlit cube. <laughs> I think of it as an antenna. That's what I thought that, it was. That's floating slightly to the right of the clock. And when I saw that, I'm like, hey, Chrissy, look at that space trash. Uh which is which I love that term now that I've said it uh, for the idea of like the thing when you're working in unity, you'll typically well like I, I will end up creating a cube in order to test something out and then uh, instead of destroying it, I'll we'll like, put it somewhere. I'll just kind of move it out out of scene mm. uh, because I'm like, oh well, I'll need to use this later, but I never do and so I end up with what I'm now thinking of as space trash. Mm. Okay, I have to take a break before we start talking about the next All game. right, well, um, talk a little bit while I go pause it so that we don't have to okay. fix it. Yeah, actually, we shouldn't take a break because the next game we're kind of comparing to this game. But I no, I, I really do have to, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Okay, and we are on break one. All right, so the last game... We're back. Yeah, we're back. The last game we're going to talk about is Dream.Sim. Uh, and it's interesting playing this game today because we played off peak yesterday and I feel like they are very similar but really not at all right uh, similar at all do you want to you want to talk about it or you want me to I want you to okay so um, dream dotsim I don't know if the dots really in there. And, and by saying that I want you to talk about it what I mean is I want you to start talking about it and, and then for me you... to interrupt okay well that sounds like reasonable activity so this game is a total, like, no funhouse style, not even, doesn't even have that much going on. You start in a house that has a, in... More like an apartment. Yeah. But Maybe a condo. Everything in this world has got, like, a neon edge to it. Like, if you're going to edit a photo in neon and all of the contrasting lines become different colored neon colors... Mm -hmm. And everything else is sort of like a black, mm -hmm. then that is this world. The font especially. And so you, and there's multiple layers and you're in a city. It's sort of like, you went, if I don't know if you've ever been in art class, but you have to draw those two point, three point drawings yep. of cities. Mm -hmm. Or what was, cubes. That, what was that? What was that show you made me watch on PBS? Oh man. Um, he is totally into that oh, kind gosh. of stuff. Oh gosh. Oh, the guy with the, he's got like the bandolier of markers. Yeah. Oh, what oh. is I can't remember. Anyway, yeah. Ancient cities? No. No. But anyway, Imaginary it's, it's 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 sort of like a two-point drawing of a city. It's all straight lines and paths and tall buildings of multiple layers and it's all in that neon neon black mm -hmm. neon. And it's almost like you want to play what was that game we play where you run and you um Mirror's Edge? Mirror's Edge. It's almost like a I actually was thought about playing Mirror's Edge on it mm. um, to have something to do. So verticality is very important in this game, and you can jump, lateral movement, and walk, and and it's not totally static like I'm saying, 
there's moving neon things that are yeah. are I don't know how to say, making geometric shapes. Well, um, in some cases, in some cases, there's um, what? How do I describe it? Use your words, Clay. I'm thinking of how to. Uh, so you know, in you know, in like um, eighties cyberpunkish kind of films or even sci-fi uh, a lot of the displays in- will be bluish pixelated displays that are uh, created by um, sets of vertical lines yeah you know what I'm talking about oh yeah I kept calling it Tron like you know in Tron where well, they build the oh no not now the I'm talking about thing. something slightly different so okay. it, if uh, like you know what a scan line is I'm afraid not. Okay. So imagine if uh, yeah. you were supposed to, if you had a a black and white picture of a duck. Okay. And it's all like a solid duck silhouette. Okay. And you put a piece of tracing paper over it. Okay. Okay. And then you have a blue pin. Okay. And then the only places that you can draw are you take a straight edge that's lined up horizontally and you draw a horizontal line and then you... Go down a little bit, draw another horizontal line, draw, go down a little bit, draw another horizontal line, but you're only drawing on where the silhouette is black. Okay. So can you kind of imagine what the image of that is? Have you ever done that? That sounds really cool. Um, I don't have a memory of doing that. Okay. Uh, but it, it's, it's, that's kind of similar to how CRTs draw images on the screen. Okay. Um, and so that CRT imaging technique is very apparent in older sci-fis. Ah. So um, this game has that kind of image on invisible layers, um, kind of like flying across like a news feed. Okay. Uh, but they're not actual letters or words. They're just kind of... Um, or at least not that I could distinguish. So that's one type of texture that's going through this massive electronic neon city. Uh, that also have, they have on the bottom layer, they have words or letters yep. in, in backwards letters it, that are not necessarily forming words. We, we spent a lot of time examining Go those. Me, he means him. Well, you were there. <laughs> <laughs> going, and, what do you think this means? Uh, it would be like the word, the word work. Sometimes it would be scrambled, so it might be like um, W-K-R-O, for mm. instance. Yeah. But then other times it would be... Half of it would be backwards. Half of it would be backwards, yeah. And then... Some like, of them weren't words at all. The, one of them was by, and just the B was backwards. But I guess if you make the U and Y backwards, you wouldn't notice. Yeah, I mean, some of it was just like a combination of vowels and consonants and mm-hmm. pairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes it would look like they would just take sections of words and then repeat them in multiple ways. And what I... So, Chrissy and I had a little bit of a debate with this game. When I was playing it, I was constantly saying, Oh, wow. Like, there's so much different stuff. I, I haven't been here before. Mm-hmm. I haven't I yeah. haven't seen this alleyway yet. Because when I was going through, I was finding all sorts of... Um, slight variations. So, for instance, I would see, you know, different 
uh, letters being arranged in a way that I hadn't seen letters be arranged before. Or a couple times it's all like triangular kind of sculptures. And Oh yeah, just to be clear, as far as we know, and there could be more that we don't know, the goal is to walk around this oh, world. Oh yeah, we were not aware of any sort of actual objective. The, the closest thing we found to an actual objective was... Uh, to jump up high. Well, well, that and there's a stairway immediately outside of your apartment that spirals upward. Yeah, uh, but it disappears when you start walking. Down, yeah, so it's, it, like it's got can... missing steps, and it's hard to see as it but is. But you can jump up, and it's multi-tiered, so once you start going, you kind of want to go up. But There's also no characters. It's um, just you in this world. It's just you in this empty okay. world, yeah. So, yeah, while Clyde was exploring it, he was like, oh, look, this corner is different than that corner, and up here is different than over there. And for me, it was like, oh, I'm just in this city of neon uh, it, lines. It, it, it seemed that you you uh, you generalized the style mm-hmm. uh, with a large enough scope that... It all seemed very similar to you? It did seem very similar to me. I, uh, once, and, it, and this goes back. Oh, I'm shaking the table too sorry. much. Uh, this goes back to off peak. Like, I had, I was trying to create an objective for myself in order to stay in the world because the visualization of it or the images or whatever, the stuff in the world wasn't interesting enough for me to want to hang out in. Wait, in Dreamsome or in off In Dreamsome. Right, in Dreamsome. So I was, I kept thinking, maybe if I had like an arbitrary goal, I could appreciate. Like a ticket? Yeah, but see, you know, I didn't really even care about the ticket part. I think it was just a goal. So I can't tell if, if I had something to do. That's why I was trying to think like, maybe I should play Mirror's Edge in it. Or something. Or where, maybe where it's I all sh- about traversal. Yeah. And there's an endpoint, right? Yeah. And maybe I should get to the... Yeah, like this goes back to us talking about Weebler Park. Mm-hmm. Like maybe if I know there's a beginning and an end, mm-hmm. I can... But just walking around looking at at neon images, mm-hmm. you seem so into it. And yeah, what, I, I'm really into it. And explain to me what that's like. Um... So I think this is, gosh, this is going to be patronizing. Towards me or the game? You. Okay, well, that's okay. I hope none of our listeners. Or not you particularly, but your viewpoint on okay. this particular well, game. Well, no, I mean, I am really. Uh... Okay, okay I'll go, I'm just going to jump in. I'm okay, just, do it. I'm sorry. I feel, like I, I feel like my viewpoint starts where yours ends. <laughs> that's the patronizing thing I was going to say. Okay. Uh, I. I gener I find myself generalizing the entire stylistic ele- all all of the elements and their similarities into one clump of it's a neon world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so then, then as I start exploring it, that generality becomes more detailed. You know, maybe the difference between me and you is that I don't have any kind of affection towards that style of art or the Mm. building style. You know what? I think you're absolutely right. Because if this was Art Nouveau world... I would be like, I'm going to stay here forever. We're moving in. You would be like, check out these orchids, yo. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think it all has to do with your personal aesthetics. 
and whether or not you're interested in looking at that yep. specific aesthetic. Okay, then let's talk about the aesthetics. Then. Okay, let's talk about it. Or this, st- the styles. You know, you were just like 80s-ing it up this week, weren't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you were. Completely accidentally, mm-hmm. too. And you are like so into 80s crap. Well, there, again, well, the thing is you're, you create such a huge General. generality yeah, that know. like it's yeah, yeah. not, it's not that it's, it's not that it's useless. It's that it's dismissive. Well, it's just that our aesthetics are so different on this point. I don't, I haven't categorized it in my head except for like all the 80 stuff that Clyde's into that mm-hmm. I don't care about. Because, <laughs> so, so the category is a, for the purpose of dismissal. Right, right. Because because I don't have anything I like about it that I want to further explore. Right. I just sort of like have a... C- creating a reason. Yeah, a category of dismissal. That's what is the category hmm. of. Um, so, well, let's establish whether or not you have any interest in appreciating it or not, right? Well, the thing about this this game in this world was it's really cool the the world i i thought it was pretty i thought it would be fun to be in there if i had a reason to mm-hmm. i it's not that i'm totally dismissing it as useless or art that i'm not into it's just that it's not enough for you yes alone exactly that's exactly right um you want to talk and, about and it's enough for me alone yeah what what part of it is uh well, when I take when I when I take that generality of like where I don't I don't have a generality of of neon world for the purpose of dismissal, mm-hmm. but I do have a generality of neon world that ends up dismissing. What does that mean? Um I end up I end up kind of like looking at that world thinking that it's that I've seen it before. Okay. Uh, and that there's nothing new for me to see. Okay. And then as I start exploring it, uh, that turns out to be wrong to me. Like, oh, I, that's why you get it so excited about the little differences that you find. Correct. So okay. I, I, I start, I start noticing sub subtilities, and it's, and, uh, the subtilities that are not in my conception of what this thing is, uh, become something I'm, I'm fascinated with. So okay. the. The best example in this game is the um the uh the, the words that are on to the especially the ones on street level. Mm. The the words that were arranged on street level. It wasn't just that there was um words that were scrambled. It was that they had different types of arrangement. So this is a really good example of my experience playing the game in in my my tendency, my there, there's a cycle that I go through repetitively. Okay. Um, and it's important for me to say that this isn't possible in every game, but it is possible in Dream Sim, which makes me value Dream Sim specifically more than some other games. Really? Yes. So when I get down to street level and I start examining the words, I see a pattern. In you know, it, it might be the word work is scrambled, just generally scrambled. Mm-hmm. So then I'll move a little farther down the street and I'll see that there's another word scrambled, but it's got a different pattern of being scrambled. Instead of being scrambled 
all the words are or all the letters are in the same order as they typically would be but some of them will be flipped and then i'll go a little farther down the street and then i'll see that it appears that one word has been uh cut up into pieces and then um pasted in a uh, uh a staggered spatial order and so as i'm going through i'm I'm seeing constant iteration in constant um, changes of of the the, the 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 patterns of organization, and I didn't exp- and I kept on thinking that I had a good concept that was going to be able to predict everything I saw, and therefore I needed to look at no more. And then as soon as I went, you know, not not even a block, I would find another example of something that is done in a different way than what I had seen thus far. But it's being different does not necessarily make it interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So what is it? Is it just that you really enjoyed the style of art? Like what's happening to you that you are actually becoming engaged? Mm. Do you know what I'm trying to ask? It's hard to do this without an example of something that um, didn't engage me, right? Right, right. Well, you didn't spend a lot of time in the apartment. The apartment that you start in no I, I feel like i spent about mm-hmm. the same amount of time i mean i saw that there was a computer and i looked at my sculptures on my shelf and yeah in the end i think it's just our style now that we've like gotten down to it uh yeah enjoying, for you, you mean for you personally uh, the difference between us enjoying the nuances of art styles like once you're in there is that your motivation to see how it's different or to or you're just curious, you're not even thinking about having motivation. If we imagine a hypothetical game where it's all fabric textures on buildings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if, if the fabric textures seemed different from each other, but not incredibly different from each other, but not close enough to each other that I could kind of recognize um, clever iteration, then I think I wouldn't be interested. I yeah, did but, such a horrible job explaining well, that. Well, what, I mean, like, uh, and I'm not hating on this game. I thought it was an interesting game. or And I'm not hating on art games. I just can't figure out like what it is that you're supposed to be doing mm-hmm. i guess i think well i mean i i don't know what you're supposed to be doing but the the way i see this game and a lot of other games is that they're creating a place for you to be and we've we have had this yeah, discussion where in order to in order to appreciate a place that is pleasant to be in um, you have to have an initial reason to to stay there, mm-hmm. uh, and I understand that. And for you, just looking around and and seeing the differences and being part of the yard is mm-hmm. enough. Do you think that's because you're an artist? What about a city? If we go to like, let's say we go to Baltimore, mm-hmm. uh, walking around, mm-hmm. walking around, like say we get a hotel in Baltimore, okay, and we start walking around, mm-hmm. um the central business district okay uh 
Are you fascinated by what you see on the next block over? Probably, yes. Okay, so what what is that fascination? So it, it, it is about exploration. Because that is like exploring. Like you, ha- you feel like an explorer. Mm-hmm. So maybe I need to have the mind frame of I'm an explorer like the same way I feel when I'm exploring a new city. But it's not giving that to you, right? No, but, uh, you know, I could try. Hmm. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's something I could try. I know everybody's probably sick of me going, like, what am I doing in these games? But, like, I think what I'm trying to get at is, like, different things that you are appreciating so that mm-hmm. I can... It, I'm, well, let me just go ahead and say I'm not one of those people. <laughs> I, I, I'm serious. And I want to I show you that I'm appreciating your viewpoint on this because I think it's interesting and I think it's different than mine. And it's that's why that's why it bothers me when I'm like I'm about to say something patronizing, mm-hmm. not because I'm worried about hurting your feelings, but be, but because I'm concerned that I'm going to be representing a view that is dismissal that is dismissive of yours, and I'm and it's not that I want it's not that I fear being seen as that because I think that that is bad. It's because I am fascinated by your view, and I don't want to give you the impression that I'm actually dismissing it because I want to make sure that I get to see what it is. Right, but I don't feel like I'm making any progress. Mm. Like, I still feel like I'm saying the same things or I'm having the same feelings during these games. I have an idea. Okay. I th- I'm. Uh, when you said the word ex- exploration, mm-hmm. it made me think, you know what? I think that that might be a huge general- generality that not only we're using in this conversation currently but is used when describing these games typically. Mm. And it and it sets a precedent. Like what we were talking about earlier, it tells you what you're supposed to be doing. Yes, yes, it's creating a set of expectations of what of what you can what you don't have to think about anymore mm. when when examining the concept and 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 we might be skipping something that's incredibly essential. That's true. So, let's determine two different types of exploration. Okay. Uh, and I, I'd like the, well, when it came up, I was thinking about how different it is exploring in dream.sim to exploring the central business district of Baltimore. Okay. Those are two massively different forms of exploration. You're not going to die. There is no sense of danger. Right. Uh, in Baltimore. Yeah. Wait. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's the only place I've ever felt safer when I saw the police. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it is scary. So, so, uh, so the sense of danger is a huge. I I think is a huge element of exploration, mm. if only for heightened adrenaline, mm. which then creates more. Yeah, but you're also involved. Like you're there. You're in that environment. You're not just looking at it. What, okay, so all what does, of all of your senses are involved. It's not just you're looking at something. I wonder how much of it is. Uh, what what I what I think of being the highest priority of difference is, um, or the most influential difference is just the permanence of where you are. As in, you can't quickly be not there. Yeah, but if I was playing this game on the Oculus, then I bet I would be interested in it for a lot longer. Really? Actually having traverse, actually getting the jump up, 
and walk down those paths, mm. it would be, I guess, dangerous would be one element. It would add many more elements to it. Yeah. Other than in exploring would suddenly become a thing instead of just like looking at some stuff. So I, I'm hypo I'm currently hypothesizing that the only thing that would make it a huge difference is if once I decide to leave, if it takes me 20 minutes to get out or not. Mm. Oh, see, I guess you can put yourself in a situation, but for me, I'm just looking at something. Well, and, I don't understand And what how you're long saying. do I want to look at it? I'm not actually exploring this world. I don't feel like I'm exploring anything. I feel like I'm looking at something, and how long do I want to look at it for? So it's it's that it's requiring constant intentionality. I don't know what that means. Um, you're const you you are having to sustain active interests mm -hmm. in order to engage with the game. Yes. Well, that's that's. I feel like that's solved by making exposure to the game mandatory. I don't know what that means. You wouldn't. I, I wonder if you wouldn't be having to say to yourself, oh, well, I'm going to make sure to look at this brick for five minutes so that I can fully <laughs> appreciate the game. I think that I think that that's just something you end up doing naturally when waiting mm. because your mind has to be doing something. So if if you're if you're stuck in an area or in an environment for a certain amount of time without objective, mm -hmm. then I think... Your brain automatically you makes just, an objective. You start doing that type of thing. Right. Right, 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 right. That's true. So how do you wait in this environment? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like... The Oculus! <laughs> if only I didn't get motion sick. I, I don't know. I mean, what would it... Does Dream Sim need that i mean I, I, I don't i don't know that dream sim needs anything mm -hmm. like you know for for people who aren't me for people like you who can walk around and enjoy environments mm -hmm. and feel like they're exploring it doesn't i mean every like <laughs> like you talked about before every game doesn't have to be for every person yeah like you don't have if you try to do that you're just going to ruin every game uh it's just that i want to become a person that can appreciate there's just so many of these games and i just want to well some of them you like more than others yeah and and it's because is it because they're creating different types of exploration or is it because the environments themselves yeah i don't know yet but when you were talking about it being an art nouveau world i would totally be like yeah i'm gonna stay here forever right. so i think a lot of it is aesthetic just personal aesthetic but yeah okay do you have anything else you want to talk about no, but I, I hope this conversation comes up again, and I'm sure it will. Oh, yeah. Every art game we ever play is going to come up. I mean, um, come on. All right. This was a, sl this was a slow week, but uh, I enjoyed playing these games with you. Yeah, yeah. We uh, had a hard time this week, but we were snowed in. Yeah, there was a lot of... We had to pay attention to snow a lot this yeah, week. Yeah, it snowed a lot, and I was sick. And... During the break, I was shoveling the snow that fell off the roof in front yeah, of the door. Yeah, 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 it, it's We're in a winter paradise right now. Well, anyway, I hope everybody has a good week playing games. And have fun. Bye.